live from Shelley's back room. It is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics, live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your moderator, Justin Russell. Joining me around the table, Congressman Al Swift, Bob Hines, Carl Tuvin, Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, and Rear Admiral Ken Carradine. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for Backroom Politics. Let's join the roundtable live at Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And good afternoon, Radio Land. It is Tuesday, which means it is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Back Room Politics Live on Blog Talk Radio. Joining me as they do every Tuesday, to my left, he is the former eight-term member of Congress representing Washington's 2nd Congressional District. We know him as Congressman Al. Hello, Congressman. How do you do, sir? Oh, good to see you. To my 12 o'clock today, he is the longtime Senate staffer, Washington insider, and former Assistant Secretary of Commerce for International Affairs. He is the one we call the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. That's good. And coming in late, but just in time, he is the former Joe Biden political operative, Democratic political operative, and a bar certified attorney in the great state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He is Dan Littner, Esquire. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Justin. That's a happy look. And to my one o'clock, he is is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, your Admiral Ken Carradine. Howdy, Justin. And to my right, as usual, and we're enjoying his usualness, he is the New York Times bestselling author of the book HRC, political columnist for Roll Call and contributing editor to the app Sidewire. He is the man we know as Jonathan Allen. Hello, John. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's as subdued as he's going to be the whole program. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Hey, uh, we got a lot to talk about, obviously. If I can get the microphone to stand up for a second. Uh, There we go. Because I got to put it. I got to live broadcast, guys. But anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with something that's been coming into prominence fairly, fairly regularly over the past week. And that is the the presidential campaign that is going on between the businessman we know as Donald Trump and the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side. The race card is being played at a tremendous, tremendous pace over the past week. Uh, it includes odd things like an African-American uh, preacher out of Detroit putting out a cartoon of Hillary Clinton in blackface, which came as a hit to the Trump campaign, a notable surrogate uh, for Donald Trump. And at the time that he's doing this, Donald Trump is trying to engage and increase his popularity in the African-American community. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) However, it did bring up a lot of Republican discussion saying that Hillary is pandering to the minority community, something that they say the Democrats have done for a long time. And on top of that, Donald Trump in a speech last week said to the African-American community, hey, what do you have to lose? Your life sucks as it is right now. You might as well vote for me because it'll suck less. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Those are not the words of Donald Trump. However, the race card... They could uh, (laughs) Thank you, Congressman. (laughs) Thank you, Congressman. So anyway, with that being said, uh, John Allen, the, the race card, is this a red herring in this election or is this a real... 
thing that both parties need to be concerned about? Number one, they're playing race cards at the uh, at the speed of a Vegas casino dealer. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going through decks of race cards. Like, I, it's a completely real thing. I mean, look, playing the race card is like throwing out some statement here or there to try to affect the election. Donald Trump has largely been making an argument uh, against pretty much every minority group that you can think of over the course of this campaign. It's more than playing the race card. The Washington Post did a fabulous article by a guy named Jose Del Real today about uh, the ways in which Donald Trump has pitted groups of Americans against each other, uh, black versus brown and uh, gay versus straight. And you go through the whole, uh, the whole litany of it throughout this campaign. His campaign has been one of trying to prey on people's fears and their intolerance and their uh, prejudices. Um, and to the extent that there is an argument that Democrats are pandering to minority constituencies, I would say, A, it's working. Uh, and B, I'm not sure that it's pandering if you're offering, if you are actually offering people policies that they want, which is, you know, it's not going out there and saying, I'm going to do something for you and then not following through on that. That's what, that's what the Democratic Party has been about for the last, you know, several decades at least. But Admiral Ken, pointing out the fact that you are an African-American Republican, is, is the Trump campaign losing the forest through the trees on this topic? Well, one would have to argue that they could pick out the forest in the first place. So you, you can't ignore the fact, and, and that if anyone thought that Donald Trump was, a, was totally asleep at the switch by the way he's running his campaign, the fact that he woke up one day and saw that he had a 1% or 2% approval rating among blacks uh, across the country uh, proves that he's not completely asleep. Uh, you know, I, I've watched I've watched this in amazement over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, there was a gentleman on uh, on uh, one of the CNN uh, morning programs. Uh, no, Don Lemon last week. We talked about the fact that we we we've we've delegitimized the word bigot. We basically we we've, we've turned it into something less than 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 what it should be. Uh, Donald Trump is pandering. Um, I've watched both of his speeches in, in their entirety, uh, where he pointed out the fact that, you know, what the hell do we have to lose? Give him a shot. Well, you know, honestly, I think calling Hillary Clinton uh, a bigot makes about as much sense as, you know, with, uh, having a horse and buggy factory uh, go back into full production these days. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's, un- it's uninformed. And it's insulting. It's insulting to me as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an African-American Republican. And I can tell you, having just come home, uh, uh, come back from a visit uh, home uh, over the weekend, um, his words are, for the most part, uniformly been uh, not 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 appreciated or taken well. Dan Lipner. Yeah, uh, Hillary Clinton gave a what I consider one of her better speeches of the campaign in response to Donald Trump, where she publicly and correctly lauded Republicans in the past, including Bob Dole including John McCain and others, and George W. Bush, for actively and vocally speaking out against against racists, some of whom were supporters. John McCain's case, he actually called out somebody at his own political event who was up introducing him, which I thought was an impressively bold, bold thing to do. Um, as a Democrat, has the Democratic Party always been perfect on race? Absolutely not. 
Have we tended to be on the right side of history in the last 20 years? Yeah. Um, the, the idea that African-Americans need to be lectured on that front by, by, of all people, Donald Trump, is insane. The, one of those little tidbits I like to share with folks is back in the 1960 election, uh, the, the fight between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy, the percentage of the African-American vote that Richard Nixon got was half. And the reason it was half is because African-Americans remembered that the Dixiecrats of old in the South were not necessarily their friends. And Dwight David Eisenhower, president at the time, sent in the 101st Airborne to enforce desegregation. African-Americans do not need Donald Trump to look out for their interests. African-Americans are more than capable of voting their own interests without his help. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break because in my setting up the show today, it was only for 15 minutes. We've got the next show on cue. So we're going to take a quick break. Check in on the next link in two seconds, and we'll be right there with you. Stand by. <laughs> 